Welcome to episode 220 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. In this episode, I'll be talking to Amy Lee and Heather Marianis, better known as their alter egos, Clown Sisters, Morrow and Jasp, who are presenting their show, Save the Date, at the Next Stage Festival. As I mentioned last week, this podcast is now four years old, and I wanted to take another moment to thank you for listening to Stageworthy. I've loved having the opportunity to bring you this show, and I, I hope that you've enjoyed listening. If, if you have, I would love it if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews help new people to find this show, and thank you for listening. If you wanted to drop me a line to tell me about somebody I should have on the show, or if you found a play because you heard about it on Stageworthy, I would love to hear about that. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby, and my website is PhilRickaby.com. Before I get to my conversation with Heather and Amy, I wanted to take another second to tell you about one of the other shows that you can see at the Next Stage Festival, Every Silver Lining. And just like last week, I thought the best person to tell you about it is one of the creators, Laura Pitchinen, who is kind enough to come back and tell us about it. Hey, Laura. Hey. So last time uh, we we sat down uh, for a couple of seconds and you told me a little bit about Every Silver Lining. But as you mentioned, this is a, a remount of the show from the this past summer's Toronto Fringe. Mm-hmm. And your show was was a, a bit of a, a bit of a hit at the Fringe this past year, wasn't it? We were very lucky. Yeah, it, it got a lot of attention right off the bat, and and that was fantastic for us to see a full audience. And then that just garnered more bigger and bigger audiences, and um, felt so great to kind of share this story with everyone and, and have it received the way we wanted it. Awesome. And and in what ways is this iteration? different like some aside from some of the the technical things like microphones and things like this how what did you learn from the the fringe run uh that you were able to bring into this this run at the next stage festival well that's really interesting because we wrote this show for young audiences teenagers specifically especially since uh the show is about my co-writers and i uh experiences with death when we were teenagers and so it's kind of an homage to our younger selves and so we thought uh our target audience would be young people and then we realized people who came to us after the show were saying I remember when my grandfather was dying or I remember when I lost a friend and I remember when my mother was sick and they were bringing back these memories of when they were going through grief when at some point in their lives and they remarked that they had come out of the theater with this sense of catharsis, which we hadn't necessarily expected. We we knew it was uplifting towards the end, but we didn't really anticipate how much of a community feel this was going to be. And it kind of takes this, the feeling of being alone in grief and sharing it with a community and to realize that you're never really alone in the grief you're going through, no matter what path that takes. That's awesome. And that is at the Next Stage Festival. At the Next Stage Festival, we're playing at Factory Theater, January 8th to 19th. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you can find tickets at the Toronto Fringe website, fringetoronto.com. 
As I mentioned, my guests are Amy Lee and Heather Marie Annis. And Amy and Heather are also known, as I mentioned, by their alter egos, the Clown Sisters, Morrow and Jasp, who present Morrow and Jasp Save the Date at the Next Stage Festival at the Factory Theatre in Toronto. So you want us to tell you about Save the Date? Yeah, what can you tell me about Save the Date? About what the show is about? Sure, let's start with that. All right. Me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Morrow and Jazz Save the Date, it takes place around the news that Jasp is uh, engaged. And so starts the process of... of, um, wedding planning Mm -hmm. and all that surrounds that and uh the comedy and ridiculousness that ensues in in real life weddings Mm -hmm. um i can i can definitely say that after having planned my own Mm um um and then paralleled with that, it's really, as all of our shows are, um, about Moro and Jasp's relationship. And and this one is, you know, it's their relationship is, is about to be tested to its absolute limits mm-hmm. because Jasp is getting ready to leave to go officially be with somebody else. Yeah. And um, so navigating the waters of what, happens to their relationship yeah. and, and the life they've always known together and they've always lived together when um you know that is everything is is at at stake in a way yeah. and them navigating and discovering along the way all the things that will be different and mm-hmm. how they're going to adjust to that and the reality of what that means and yeah. they sort of slowly start to key into that <clears throat> throughout different scenes in the show mm. and and yeah realizing that they're losing each other and then not re- not really losing each mm-hmm. other but that things will change yeah mm-hmm. when, when how long ago because this is not the first time that you've performed save the date yes this um, is the second <clears throat> how long ago were you first putting this show together well <clears throat> the first time we performed it was at the Toronto Fringe in 2018. Mm-hmm. Two years ago. So we started creating it about two years ago right now. Mm-hmm. Just kind of slowly building ideas and scene ideas together over mm-hmm. over <laughs>, laughs and cheese as we do. And 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 it was the same <laughs> summer <laughs> that that Amy was getting married. Right? I got married in 2017. You did? Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so it was after. It was but it would have still been it very was, fresh. It was fresh. Oh, it was the other show that we were doing the same summer you got married. Superfaction. <laughs> yes. That's yes, because the, this was the thing. was We, we did um, our previous show, Moron Jasper and Stupefaction, in June of 2017. And my wedding was in... Um, August, and so I was like, a wedding is a, is really a piece of cake compared to, <laughs> to writing and producing a show. Uh, yeah, but, and starring in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did that hold true? 
which was oh which no, was it, it was true. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah? yes, it was true. Yeah, I mean, there's different challenges. Sure, um, but yeah, no, it was definitely true. <laughs> that was also Stupefaction was our biggest, most <clears throat> ambitious show mm-hmm. and our biggest team ever, yeah. and so it was a lot to coordinate and. Yes, there are a lot of guests to coordinate for a wedding, but in terms of, you know, collaborating, mm-hmm. my husband is is very um, amenable to my ideas, I suppose. <laughs> so I really, you know, just kind of mostly captained that ship. I had a lot of help. Sure. So much yeah. help. But, yeah. Was, when you were deciding that, the next show would be about Jasp getting married. Was your experience getting married? Was that part of what inspired you to do that, or was it just oh one hundred percent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of what we do. Is like yeah. you know, life. We like to do life cycle shows and shows inspired by whatever we're grappling with mm-hmm. at the time in our lives. So when we started finally writing this show, we had so many ideas already of things inspired by the wedding industry and what Amy had dealt with and the, like, just the process of mm. it all. Yeah, and Heather was really by my side <coughs> the whole way, mm. so she was witness to it all as well, and and from a different perspective, too. Sure. Yeah. You mentioned the wedding industry, which is, like, almost a juggernaut as far as, like, the whole, as soon as you say wedding, uh-huh. there's a whole slew of... Things that oh, like yes. come at you. Yes. Did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, for a long time, I was pretty, I was quite resistant towards it. Even, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, my partner and I were together for 12 years mm-hmm. before we got engaged mm-hmm. and then got married, I guess, two years after mm-hmm. that. And just at the beginning, even when someone was like, oh, the bride, what does the bride want? And I was like, oh, don't call me a bride. My mom was so excited. We went to a wedding show. Mm -hmm. It's like a big thing that happens at the, you know, the ex um, Mm -hmm. in the inner care center. And I just wanted to disappear. Like she, my mom was having the best time getting cards from like the pianist on the electric keyboard mm-hmm. being like, you can win a contest to have him play at your wedding. I was like, I do not want to be at the wedding where he plays. No offense to that man. He, I'm sure he was lovely, but it was just all too much. It was just all so much. Did they give you a sat the sash that said bride that you had to wear? <laughs> at the, at, at the, the wedding, wedding show? show? No, because probably you would have had to pay twenty dollars for that yeah. sash. Mm-hmm. That's the thing; everything costs so much. Everything because so it much. says wedding. It says wedding. Like oh, if you could like yeah. trick people into being, like, we're just having a party. Yeah, yeah. You would pay so much less. But if anybody gets whiff of the word wedding, oh, there's a the big price markup. goes up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because <coughs> you know, there, it's like, can you put a price on your love? And, you know, a lot of women are like, no, this is my, this is my big day. And I think this is another difference is working in theater. We have big days constantly Mm -hmm. forever. And so I think that's why it's, it's a little, it's different because, um, it's not just your, your one day that Mm -hmm. you get to like make creative decisions and have people come and see something that 
you feel expresses you. I think yeah. that's that being said. <laughs> yeah, like uh, your wedding was also a a big event and it was gorgeous Absolutely. and there were a lot of details and it is a huge feat to mm-hmm. organize it and you like everyone even if yes. you have a very low budget wedding it still costs a lot of money yeah yes so and there's a lot of people to make happy and to involve so it's it is a big thing yeah and as soon as yeah. you're investing money in any event yeah you become very invested in making it the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. As you were, and not absolutely. Yeah. I was. We were talking recently about a funny conversation about chairs where, that Heather remembered. Because I was like, "What were my like, my like high maintenance?" Bride? I, I like I don't want to use the word bridezilla, but you were like, never a bridezilla. No, but I was like, "What were the moments that I had?" And Heather was like, "I think it was about the chairs." Like, I was like. <laughs> I feel like the chairs really need to be gold. Very long involved conversation in which I think in my mind I was just like, I think I just I'm, this is a moment where I just need to listen. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a half an hour conversation about um which chairs and the different colors of chairs or chair covers and how there's different types of chair covers and the different materials the chairs are made out of and how the different things will look with everything in the overall aesthetic. And mm-hmm. I was like Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're all priced differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Because it can't just be simple. No. Just give people chairs. <laughs> yeah. It's not an option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's the base chairs, but they're not going to match the decor. Anyway. Yeah. So- <laughs> and once you get into the details, like, they, they present it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, like, as... as artists too it's like we do we for our shows too it's like we have a vision you don't want just this fabric because it's there we had that we did that for fringe we used the curtain fabric that i had in the house and after we were like those were not good curtains but they were what we could afford at the time (laughs) so for this show we have new better curtains which (laughs) match with our aesthetic better you know it's like it's it's hard you get you you want us you see a thing, and yeah, mm-hmm. and you care about all the details because yeah. then you're invested in it. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like, yeah, the doing a show. Yeah, and we had our our clown teacher for many years, Pete Jarvis, once said, "If you're gonna do something, make it spectacular." Mm-hmm. And it was like a a defining moment. I think that we all really took to heart and do. Mm-hmm. Every time we do something. And or we try to do. We yeah. try to do. Yeah, we don't. I mean, we will work to the last minute to try to fulfill that. Mm. <laughs> Always. To Always. the eleven thirty of the hour. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you run out of time. Sometimes things don't work. Sometimes yeah. you try your best and you just don't quite get there. Mm. But that is our goal every time for sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's the... I mean, you guys have been embodying the characters of Moro and Jasp for quite some time. But when you're drawing from your own lives to create a show, especially something that's as recent as your own wedding, Mm -hmm. how do you take yourself out of the situation and make Mm -hmm. sure that you're just thinking about how Jasp would react to this or the way that the way that Moro would react to a similar situation? Yeah, that is a great question. And the answer is that we don't because Moro and Jasp ultimately are that we are Moro and Jasp mm-hmm. and Moro and Jasp are Heather and Amy and they are extensions of ourselves in different ways. And so 
I don't think we ever do make it our goal to take the Amy and Heather mm. out and mm. make it more unjust because if we did, it wouldn't be true. We take our own experiences and and warp them and magnify them in ways that are clowny and mm. are Moro-esque and Jaspish. And- yeah, and, and that's like our base. But yeah. then there's a certain, like, I, Heather, would never bring a bag of cheesies into a dress shop and touch their dresses and then try them on. And Absolutely. So there's, like, a base layer that we create the emotional arc yes. from and model it from it. And then we go, okay, how can we expand this and exaggerate it? What commentary do we want to put in? Like, Amy would also never <laughs> yell at ask, me. Or yeah, or ask it. you to make my veil. A million times over. <laughs> and I would never just make like a ridiculous veil that's yeah. not wearable. Like so mm-hmm. then we then we grow it to an extreme right. and add things in for comedy based on and at this point, because we've been doing Marlon Jazz for fifteen years, mm-hmm. um, we get into clown, which is sort of like a ritual of of how we a process that we get into these characters mm-hmm. and then we improvise and play out off of those base situations and let the fun ideas and the ridiculous stuff come from the characters Mm -hmm. and because we've been doing them for so long we don't have to sit and be like oh storyboard pitch ideas like we can improvise and then Mm -hmm. something ridiculous will happen and then we'll you know add the status into the situation and that will create a funny scenario and then we'll look at it as dramaturgs and be like, okay, we can make this even more extreme. Okay, we can add this. You know, what? It wouldn't it be funny if she did this? Mm-hmm. And then, then we'll try it again and improvise some more. Mm-hmm. And then the situation kind of grows from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's what ends up separating it from us as you know, as Heather and Amy yeah. originally and what the original yeah. inspiration mm-hmm. was. So at the end, the end product becomes pretty far away. Yes. From us. Yeah. If someone had had never seen a Morrow and Japs, Jasps show before and they said, so tell me about Morrow and tell me about Jasp, how would you describe them? <laughs> um... It's sort of funny. I feel like I'm actually getting worse at describing that over the years because mm. almost it's like, how would I describe my I? How would I describe myself? I don't know. Like yeah, I, I'll describe you. Yeah, I feel like that's easier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay. Jasp, who Amy plays, is the older sister. She's very efficient, A type personality. Wants everything to be perfect because that's and she has a very specific idea of how she likes things to be um she likes to be in charge and she can fly off the handle a little bit sometimes when she's not in charge and Moro gets in her way of how things are supposed to go but she's also very loving and a good protector and has great instincts of how things should go (laughs) And Moro is the the younger, um, m- more free spirited mm-hmm. of of the two, and she's very creative and very spontaneous, mm-hmm. and um, 
very also very capable of of doing things in a way that that people wouldn't expect necessarily. Um, she's extremely loving, extremely loyal to Jasp. Um, her her intentions sometimes um, get the best of her. She gets lost in a exciting moment and and gets carried away, mm-hmm. um, and that can get her into trouble into. Uh, all sorts of very messy, <laughs> literally messy situations, <laughs> and she's delightful and fun, and and everyone can't help but fall in love with her. Hmm. <laughs> um, you guys, you mentioned you've been playing these characters for fifteen years. Yes. Um, I guess there's a couple of questions I want to ask around that, but first, I think the first one is like how like there are many partnerships that or 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 or. Your partnerships that don't last that long in the, uh, when you're creating shows. How do you guys keep your your team together? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, we've gone through many phases. Yeah, yeah. And times where we've needed to <clears throat> put in some work to figure yeah. out how to maintain that, mm-hmm. how to maintain our friendship, how to maintain our uh, working relationship, and you know, grow and how to allow each other to grow and ourselves to grow. Yeah. It's an, it's a really unique relationship because Mm -hmm. it's not, we are not each other's spouses and yet every, you know, the decisions we make really affect each other's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a one year old and so, uh, we just took a year off. So that obviously, (laughs) has a big ripple effect on Heather when I say, okay, uh, we, I'm not, we're not going to do more on Jasp for a year. Um, but we are also, you know, we, we play sisters and that, and that sisterhood bleeds into real life and we mm-hmm. love and support each other for what we need in our, in our lives. Yeah. I think first and foremost. So, um, yeah. And have like, like, I have so much respect for Amy, and I feel that same thing from you, and I think that's a big part of that, is uh, having that for each other in all the different types of our relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. As a friend, as an artist, mm-hmm. as, a, as a human. <laughs> yeah. As a clown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and... Uh, loving each other and accepting each other and and being able to say thank you being able to say sorry and being able to to grow and learn from things constantly yeah do you ever i mean do you ever get a little tired of the characters was was taking a year off from them good for coming back to them or do you still love them as much as you always did Hmm. I haven't gotten tired of them yet. (laughs) I think because it's... um, Because we're always finding new things to do with them. Mm. Mm -hmm. We're not doing the same show over and over again. I mean, so you know, we've done puberty for the last 10 years, but, but, you know, there's always something new. It's like, where else can... What other kinds of... adventures can they go on Mm -hmm. and 
they give with their because they exist so clearly in our minds it's it's a vehicle to explore whatever we want to explore mm-hmm. yeah. so in that way it it doesn't really get tired because the possibilities of where we can go seem to be endless. Yeah. Yeah. And every time we do a new show, we're, we're kind of like, how, what haven't we done with the characters that we can, what else can we explore this time? Mm -hmm. It's a bit different. What new places can we take them? New facets of their personality. Can we show that we might know, but maybe it hasn't been in a show yet. Yeah. Or that we discover along the way. And it feels fun to sort of to revisit them and see how they grow mm. each time. Always. It's also because they are an extension of, you know, different parts of us or, you know, even the subconscious parts, your inner child and your inner bossy pants and your inner <laughs> perfectionist, that what are all those things that we all have. It feels so freeing. To let them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> because I feel we all in society have to suppress them all on a daily basis. Yes. So <laughs> it's always so fun to just get to for an hour and whatever, however long our show is, to just open those doors and be like, go play. Yes, let yeah, yourselves yeah. be free. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you can come back inside. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to actually, and to feel like we get to bring an audience into that world with us. Mm. Um, that's always our goal is to kind of bring out people's inner <laughs> child, inner, you know, that, that, that fun that you had playing as a kid that sometimes we, we put away mm-hmm. in order to be grown ups. Um, yeah. Or the inner sulk or the inner, like even the, the not so positive. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's all of them. Yeah. It's like the, <clears throat> Yeah, the ability to play and and go into whatever that is for you, whether it's like a fun, happy moment or whether it's not, you know, it's just to be free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys still find, because for a while there, I, I every time I, I heard somebody mention clown, it was followed by, oh, I hate clowns, which mm. is for, and I don't know if I've heard that so much anymore. Do you guys feel like that is still happening there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we, someone came to our show last night who's, who's lovely, and he was saying he's been trying to get his wife to come to our shows for a while, but she has, she has a, a phobia yeah. of clowns. Um, now, I mean, that's a different thing yes. than, than people who are just like, eh. it's, it's a fun thing to hate on clowns because yeah, it, yeah. it's like <clears throat> how everyone makes like, oh, I hate dentists jokes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy people, people, it's like, Although dentists make a lot more money than we yeah. do, so come on, I feel like dentists. Why are we hating take... on clowns when dentists are making so much money? Yeah, exactly. I mean, dentists get into for sure, yeah. but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it fe- it's it's like an easy target, and and people have often. I mean, clowns are sort of have made themselves available to be laughed at. Sure, <laughs> sort of the the idea behind yeah. it, and. So I think it's easy to brush um, clown, clowns, clowning, the art of clown yeah. off as something that is uh, lesser than mm-hmm. in some ways yeah. for some people. But I, I don't know. I do feel like over the years it's 
gotten better. Dep- depending on the circles that you're in. Because mm. yeah. recently, with it and mm. J- the Joker yeah. coming out, everyone is afraid of clowns again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's a fun thing to be afraid of clowns. I've been teaching a few high school workshops lately for clown and you know that it's just like a thing that it's fun to say especially yeah. for younger people oh, i hate clowns and then they're all like yeah i hate clowns and then they come into this workshop and one of the first things i say is who hates clowns oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about clowns yeah. and usually all they know about clowns is party clowns mm-hmm. it pennywise and yeah the joker so it's just these things in the mainstream media and then when you get into the different forms of clown and performance clown, mm-hmm. it's such a different conversation because it's such a different thing. Yes. So yeah. part of what we've always tried to do is sort of shine a light on that and educate people about the differences. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, the word clown is such a big catch all. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Bean is a clown. And sometimes we have to remind people of Charlie Chaplin and Mr. Bean and Lucille Ball and and all these great clowns that people don't think about as clowns because they don't have a red nose. And, you know, when we started out years ago, we had some friends who also had studied clown and they were like, you guys should get rid of your noses. Mm. Mm. It'll help you a lot in your career. Mm. And but you're probably right. It may, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very likely that that would have been mm. correct. But but for us, the the nose and I, I think the first person I heard say this was Rebecca Northen. That was the first mm-hmm. time I heard this. And uh, watching a talk back after Blind Date, she said the nose is a reminder to everybody that we are playing. Mm. And mm. it's you know, in in the sort of schooling of clown, we say it's the yeah. it's the smallest mask in the world, and so it is that reminder to the audience that it's not real, and mm-hmm. it, and you don't have to pretend that it's real, yeah. and there is a comfort in that to people. My my husband mm-hmm. always says he he loves it because if a cell phone goes off at our show, whereas in theater mm. it's uncomfortable. When a cell phone goes off at our shows, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we acknowledge it. Yes. Everything is allowed because we are not pretending that we're not in a theater putting on a play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I th- think that allows people to go to a place that they wouldn't necessarily go otherwise. Sure. Yeah. And there's a different comfort level where, like, with different forms of emotion, like, we can be really, really, really sad, and they can still laugh at us mm-hmm. out of recognition or out of, or they can cry with us, and they could, like, things can go wrong. We can mm-hmm. call out when things go wrong. And like they did last night. Yeah. Yeah, when we <laughs> forgot our sh- to set our shot glasses, and we just oh. had to chug an entire bottle of margarita <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mix. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it makes it more fun for all of those moments and interactions are Mm. more fun because of that reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to take a second and talk about uh, your theater origins. Every actor has a has a every every performer has a has a thing or their why they started going into the industry. Mm. What were your what made you want to do not aside from Morrow and Jazz, we'll get to that, but like what made you want to be performers? 
Yeah. I was, I think, around three or four years old. And I, my parents put my brother in theater because he was really shy. Mm-hmm. And I went to go see his showcase. They were doing, like a, I think, a, some sort of song from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. just in a big studio classroom. And I watched it, and I turned, and I said, I want to do that. <laughs> and so as soon as I was old enough for mm. drama classes, and around just before I was six, that's when I started, and I never stopped. Wow. Yeah. Had you had you seen anything before? This was like your first time seeing something performed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I think that was my first time seeing something live mm-hmm. like that, and I just loved. I I uh, I remember it still. Yeah. I remember the feeling and just being like, I need to do that. Yeah. The the I needed that feeling and to. The feeling that I got from it, I was like, I need to give that to mm. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heather? Mine was a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty shy as a mm-hmm. kid. Very shy. And in grade seven, I had a friend, Laura, who started taking improv classes at a local drama school. And my parents were like, oh, that's interesting. Because... I always got really bad marks in participation for mm-hmm. school because I was so shy I wouldn't participate. So yeah. they were like, maybe drama classes will help her. So I think it was around grade eight. They put me into drama classes. And then a friend of the family from the drama school, I remember, took me to see Les Mis. And I was like, oh, this is a whole world that I was <laughs> suddenly so inspired by. And... Then it just, like, made me so excited mm-hmm. to, to not be shy anymore. Or, I mean, I was still shy, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh. <laughs> like, it just, like, woke something up. Yeah. So, but mostly it was out of, like, a desire to help me in school. <laughs> <laughs> so I could participate. <laughs> no, that, that, that shyness that your parents were trying to, to, to combat, mm-hmm. do you feel like, like, are you still that shy person or, or are you, is that a long gone thing? Oh no, I don't think that ever goes away. Mm. I'd still have constant conversations with myself about like, I'll be somewhere and have a moment of like <laughs> deep social anxiety yeah. and I have to be like, you're good. You're good. You got this. It doesn't matter. I mean, I think I'm more confident mm-hmm. now so I can work past it in a way, yeah. but it's uh you know, that's one of those things in you that is probably just always there. Mm-hmm. And you just find different ways to deal with it yeah. or tell it to shut up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And you guys eventually found yourselves uh, at, was it York University? Together? Yes. Um, did you immediately become friends or did it, did you, like, at what point did the partnership uh, okay. uh, uh form (laughs) i feel like it's important to tell the story that heather and i were in a big lecture class together um uh facts oh my gosh what what is facts arts and arts and ideas fine arts arts, cultural studies but it was arts and ideas was the class Mm -hmm. and 
And there, one of our TAs was doing some sort of experimental film project, which they played in class. And it was, <laughs> it was Heather, who I didn't know other than just seeing her <clears throat> in the lecture, going around in the student center and barfing up pennies <laughs> in, in public. And I remember being like, whoa. I could never see. It's so funny. She says she's shy, but I, I'm like I could never do that. Right. I remember being like, that is bravery mm-hmm. to be able to actually put yourself. You're not on stage. Mm-hmm. You're in public. Yeah. Nobody knows there's a performance, and you're going around and doing one. Yeah. I thought that that was incredible. Um, That's that so was, funny because I in the I was like I'm a character. So I'm once I'm a character. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm free. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Like that's what act going into acting yes. and stuff did for me. It yeah. gave me this freedom. But yeah. But then we ended up in second year. Um, you auditioned to get into a different stream at York, and we were in the devised theater creative ensemble mm-hmm. at the time stream, mm-hmm. where. We created and performed and wrote and all of the things. Mm-hmm. We both got rejected from the conservatory. Yeah, we did. I like oh. to proudly to say that. that. Yeah, I think we should make sure that that's like we mentioned that. Yeah. Make, just give yeah. that a moment to it's, say that. It's good. Yeah. York yeah. has been wonderfully yeah, supportive <laughs> since. Um, <laughs> and at the time, it was devastating. It was so devastating. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But oh it led my us goodness! Down the path that we went down, yeah, which I think we ended up Def- being definitely was better for mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> but and that's where we met, and we started. The first piece we did was with two other young women, and it was about us. <laughs> it was what was it? It was about us being young women with issues. I guess that was kind yeah, of what it was, it was about. In the bathroom, yeah, it was like a journal entry. <laughs> Twenty or nineteen, gotta gotta make some stuff like gotta that. Gotta make some yeah. journal entry school. theater, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then we were, we did a few. We discovered that we really loved working mm-hmm. together, so we did more pieces together. And and um, Byron Laviolette, who was also at York, um, approached us and said, "Would you guys want to try?" Some clown. He had studied clown at his high school. He went to an arts high school. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a clown turn for two males, <coughs> Morris and Jasper. Mm-hmm. And, and then he decided gender wasn't important. Yes. And he saw <laughs> us and we blew his mind. <laughs> yeah, because we were working on a piece in a student festival that we uh, was just the two of us in it. Yeah. And we were playing sisters in yeah. it and a bunch of different characters. But he saw that and... Mm-hmm. Um, Thought that we would suit his piece. Yeah, and then, and then we we did that. It was just like a really short, less than ten minute piece about two clowns discovering them their reflection in the mirror, and I like to call it Beckett Light. It was like, <laughs> it was like his, his like it's Beckett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we just kind of, we just kept, we just kept going. I mean, there's a long version of mm-hmm. it, but the short yeah. version is we just kept going. And eventually, our first few pieces, we would improvise and Byron would write. And then we started to do it differently where we would kind of improvise and write. And Byron became more of a dramaturg. Mm-hmm. Um, and over those first couple of years, we did a bunch of clown training with 
peach harvest mm-hmm. on and off. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And our, our roles are, are very fluid. They like Byron writes with us sometimes and it's yeah. just all over. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty unconventional, I think. It's very collaborative writing. Yeah. Yeah. Taking Morris and Jasper and making <laughs> them Mor- Morrow and Jasp, um, were they, how long did it take to get to the essence of who they are now, or was that pretty uh, pretty immediate because they are aspects of yourself? Well, that was our clown training. Yeah. Because <clears throat> at first we were, you know, actor, actors putting on a piece. Mm-hmm. And which is obviously you, when you're acting, you always bring yourself to it. So there's already going to be an element of that automatically. But then over a couple of years of doing a bunch of clown training and then continuing through the years, we figured out how to really birth a clown <laughs> and like really <laughs> let all of those aspects from you and exaggerate all of the things you have and mm. lack and, mm-hmm. and grow them to an extreme and, um, you know, let your impulses guide you to new discoveries. Yeah. And I think that's really what solidified what the characters are hmm. and and how we continue to learn new things about them all the time mm-hmm. because they've become such strong beings that it's like an, an alter ego. Like, they, mm-hmm. it feels like they exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, even, I mean, Matt, my husband, who I've been with for, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Lo- longer than... Like sixteen years, longer than Mormon Jasp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'll always say, like, I, he f- he feels like Jasp exists. Like he he's like, I know what she would do in a certain situation, <laughs> and, and you know, I think it's the same for us. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, and and sometimes it's interesting to explore something different than what we would expect. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they've sort of become these <laughs> exist. They exist somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they exist and. You know, and for some of our audience members, it's like, I remember years ago at the Fringe Tent, this young girl uh, coming up to me and saying, oh, what did she say? She was like really excited to meet me because she liked our show. And then she was like, I suddenly she was like, oh, but I, but I wish that Jasp really did exist. And oh. I was like. She does. <laughs> she suddenly, she was like so excited and then so like horrified and conflicted mm, suddenly. Mm. It was very interesting to yeah. see. It was like, you know, seeing the puppeteer behind Elmo probably. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then you realize that Elmo's not a real person. Yeah. It's yeah. just a puppet, but it feels so real. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You guys mentioned doing uh, uh, more Jasper. Uh, do pu- puberty for uh, like ten years? Ish. Yeah, it, I don't remember the last that's time we probably, did it. I, a lot. Most of our shows we've done remounts <clears throat> and many productions of, but that's probably the one because it's the first show that we wrote for adults as opposed to for young right. audiences. Yeah, so it's the one that we have done the most, and because it's the first in the canon of of our adult shows. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times we go to a place Mm -hmm. that's the show that people want to see first if they're going to have more than one show come there. Yeah. Yeah, we wrote it in 2008, so... 
And I guess we lasted it in probably 20, I don't know, 17, maybe something like that. But so it's been, we may have done Of Mice and More and Just more now, more performances because Mm. we did a school tour of it. Yes. But yeah, that one has spanned the longest. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like doing um, of mice and more and jasp for schools, where they probably <laughs> just finished studying of mice and men? It was so many things. Is the answer <laughs> really felt, like dependent yeah. on the school. <laughs> Sometimes it was the hardest thing and mm. most grueling thing, and sometimes <clears throat> it was absolutely. I was like, okay, my life's mission is complete. Right. This is what I've been put on earth for. I can, if I don't want to get hit by a car, but if I do, hmm. all good. <laughs> I made a whole bunch of high school students laugh and mm-hmm. and have joy in a way. Like, it was sometimes so magical. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yeah. And, yeah, and it was, and hard. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there, there were some, I mean, not just the students, but other, even adults when we do the show for just general audiences, people, um, especially when you've just read the book, it's very sad, mm-hmm. <laughs> devastatingly sad. So people are always like, I'm so happy you changed the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you gave me hope back to my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is always. John Steinbeck's probably rolling. But, you know. You can't okay. do anything. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to give uh, just a, a second because because Heather, you you've directed another show at the Next Stage Festival. Uh, yes. and it's called You Are You, mm-hmm. and can you just just tell me a little bit about about that show? Yeah, it's uh, written by Julia Letterer. It's an adaptation of Are You Are, which is a Czech play, and um, it's a stage reading that we're doing at Next Stage um, because it's a a big show. It's over 90 minutes long, it should be a two-act play mm-hmm. with an intermission. And it's a very big cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it's a way for Julia to showcase the work and um, us to put the piece in front of an audience and hear the response and kind of workshop mm-hmm. it in performance to see what the piece is like with an audience and where they respond and... How all of that works. And and a big part of it, because it's about technology mm-hmm. and how we interact with it, we've tried to infuse some projection and sound so that there are elements of technology. And uh, her developing the play, in part, is also developing this technological mm. interaction with it um, to see how it can play out in theater mm. and how, what it can add to it. Um, and the commentary that she's making on technology and the future and robots and mm. AIs and where that's all going and mm. how maybe <laughs> we will become obsolete as humans, potentially, mm. if we keep developing <laughs> such things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, it's funny. It's yes. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, even though it's about the end of the world, <laughs> the robot takeover. Mm. Well, I think you do have to look at that kind of thing with a sense of humor, because otherwise that's pretty bleak shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Black yeah. mirror. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. 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 
And Julia has such a great sense of humor, and um, it's super dry at some parts, mm. and it's very silly in other parts, and it's such a great cast to bring that to life. Mm-hmm. Do you guys open? You guys opened the Next Stage Festival. We with, opened. Yes, were we you opened the first night, or were oh you no, we were a second, second night. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday yeah. night and Friday night, and now we have two days off mm-hmm. before our next. How does that one. feel? Well, I have two days off. Heather had you. Are you opening today? Yes, yes, that's true. But for me, it feels great. (laughs) I got to sleep in until nine o'clock this morning. Thank you to my child. Yes, Um, and I get to spend time with her, which is great because I feel like even when I've been home the last week, I've been like, "Hi, I'm here, and I'm trying to be here," but like, I'm doing. Um, my head is in so many places, and I have so much to to do. How is the balancing of of being a a theater creator with also being a mother, especially with a show in production? Is that are you finding it difficult? Is it have you found a, a way to balance it? Um, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I it's so fresh, really. Yeah. Um, I did a show. My first show um, after having her when she was eight months old. So mm-hmm. we started rehearsal um, end of August. and But that was, I was an actor in a play. Yeah. So it was a very different situation. Yeah. Um, it was also a really challenging play. Um, very rewarding as well. But, um, that, you know, I feel like most people who, who make theater and even do theater in whatever capacity it balance is a hard thing to achieve mm-hmm. especially like in that crunch time yes yeah you know tech tech week leading up to opening that it's hard to balance anything in your life then yeah. um i've certainly been trying and i think that I, th- I feel like she's okay with it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope she is. I, I did leave a few days with her her crying as yeah. I left. And that's mm. that's very hard. Oh, and I, I, I really do try not. Then I'm trying not to bring that into the room. Sure. When we're working. Um, but it's, it's um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't even really had time mm. to, because we just opened. Right. And, and last night also felt like opening again. Like I felt kind of like Thursday night was our dress rehearsal, and last night was opening because it was the mm. first time we did it in, with an audience. Yeah, mm. the new show. Mm. Yeah, so it always feels like yeah. Even though it's a remount, mm. it's there's a whole bunch of new elements. We have a whole new team. Mm. Um, we've been working with an incredible team of people, and including having another director, Kat Sandler, work yeah. on the show with us. And she's been amazing. And so just putting everything together has been a lot of work. And so I haven't, I don't, I feel like you need to ask me that in like two months. Okay. Okay. That's fair. The thing that I think helped make it possible was that we tried to put a support system and you did this also in your personal life with your mom coming in. Yes, and my mother-in-law. mom, my mother-in-law, and my mom have been total lifesavers. Mm. And I could not have done it without no. that. Yeah, and for you to juggle all of that, and then for me also to juggle also doing another show, 
having an amazing team mm. yes. and having a producer, Victoria LaBerge, work with us and having uh, Kat Sam do our set mm-hmm. and Sarah Miller do our stage management and Ellen, and Ellen Broker do our stage management and Mark Andrada do our lighting and sound. We've had support. Yeah. Um, the last time we did the show, it was just the three of us. Just Heather Byron and Amy. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it made it possible mm-hmm. to get it all done. Yeah. Having that team. Right. Yeah, we yeah. we couldn't have. No. This time. Mm-hmm. We, it would have not been possible. All those people plus other people who just helped in many ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had... A friend Megan, who like got a truck and came and picked up our set to <laughs> us at the thing and brought us to the theater, like yeah. And our other friend John, who one day brought stuff in a truck, like yeah, just, just so many people yeah. helping in little ways and like, yeah. It really took. It really was an army. This one, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's what's made it possible. It's got to be a bit of a relief from doing it all yourselves to have a a team helping out. Yes, it is. I mean, you know, there's there's different thing you know with a team then we have to make sure we communicate yes, what yeah. we need to a team and 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 we have to try to provide clarity in a way that if we're just doing it ourselves we we don't sure. but yes yeah. we couldn't <laughs> we could not have done it yeah. without them and i think i think it was you know we are so used to doing it ourselves that sometimes I think we we can probably find ways to improve on delegating mm-hmm. in a in a better way. But you know that's a, that's a a result of fifteen years of kind yeah. of doing it this way. Yeah. But learning to delegate as a whole, like you have to get to the point where you can do that, especially if you've been doing it just yourselves for fifteen years. It's like learning how to let go of things that normally you would. Yeah. Hold on to and do yourselves. And then also sometimes you are in a position where you don't have a choice but to let go, mm-hmm. which like for this one, I feel like we brought Victoria on and we were like, we trust you. And we just, we just let her go. She she's just, amazing, by the way. Incredible. She's incredible. She is. So have you worked with her? I haven't, but I've known her for years. So I know okay. how amazing she is. She yeah. is. Yeah. I just, I, I. I don't, I feel like she fell from the sky. Um, I know she didn't and that she's like a huge, but she's just like, she's an angel. It does. Yeah. She's just, we've not had to think about. Mm. And there, yeah, there were certain things where I was like, I can't, I literally don't have time to do this thing. And then she had just done it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh man, that's. Yeah. We, Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been really great. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And essential yeah. to have yeah. such a talented, amazing team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And for everyone, what always this happened, I felt like this on Stupefaction and on 9 to 5, other shows where we've had a bigger team. I am so blown away and totally humbled by the amount that other people come into this banana pants world that we've created and put their entire hearts and souls Mm. and energies and everything into it. I, it makes me cry. Mm. I don't understand the generosity and the commitment 
but I take it so happily and mm. am so, I just feel so grateful. Mm-hmm. Like watching Cat like over the last of Thursday and Friday, like captain the ship of getting us into the theater and mm-hmm. into tech mm-hmm. and ev- deal with a million Oh, curveballs. Yeah, and seeing Sarah and Ellen just, like, navigate all the tech issues. And then mm. Ellen, like, literally running back and forth during yeah. the show to, like, help us do quick changes and preset props. Wow. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, that is the, that I think that's the greatest part of this, of this thing we all do is watching people come together and commit so fully to making pretend hmm. f- to hope that it means something to people. Yeah. yeah like, and it's a really special bond mm-hmm. like, to have a team that when you all care so much about the same thing and you're all in it together mm-hmm. and like <laughs> we kept saying it's a violent analogy, but after opening it, we were like, it felt like we went into battle together mm, yeah. and we were, we had each other's backs and we knew we were a team and that if the ship sunk, we were all going to go down with it. <laughs> and yeah. 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 <laughs> and you guys we got are, out alive. No, yeah. You did. You did. Um, so you guys are, are performing at the Next Stage Festival, which runs until the 19th? Yes. You guys, do you guys close, or do you, do you like, are you on the last day? We or close you... the festival. Yeah. Oh, shit. You guys. In the wow. main space. I don't know if there's a, but our last show is on Sunday night at 8. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And it's, that one is almost sold out. Oh, shit. Okay. So, Get everybody should get their tickets right they now. They should get their tickets now as soon as they hear this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's other shows between uh, now. Of and course, yes. yes. But like, get whatever show is available, they should get those tickets now. Yes, yeah. get tickets now. It, and, and I feel like people should bring people who don't normally go to theater because yeah. I feel like this, especially, is a show that so many people are familiar with. The subject matter, even if they haven't oh, gotten yeah. married, but someone in like, their life has gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we really we talk to so many people about weddings to try and tap into all the different mm-hmm. wonderful things. So, yeah. you know, and it's this it's a silly, fun, ruckus time. Yeah, that will also touch your heart. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, you guys. This is great. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Thank you. This has been a Homebody Productions production.